If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Into the final edition for the year. My name is Albert Okran, welcoming you on behalf of Team Springboard. This is your most inspirational show in that place where the greatest minds in the world converge. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Roshu Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Ghana and the Enterprise Group with media support from the Multimedia Group and the Graphic Communications Group. So today we make a special shift, especially as we navigate our way from one year to another. We find ourselves at the end and then also at the beginning. So what should we be thinking about contemplating at a time like this in our lives? Well, instead of our usual format of an interview, I bring you a special a message I preach today at the New Wine Temple that I believe will be relevant to every one of us at this season in our lives. And it's on gratitude entitled, I Choose to Be Grateful. So let's go over to the message which I dedicate today to the management and staff, first of MTN Ghana, and then the Enterprise Group. Let me also make a special dedication to Ifwa Santua. You brought the whole of Ghana together in that incredible Guinness Book of Records effort. And just the joy of seeing the nation rally around you makes you my personality of the year for the year 2023. Congratulations to you. Proud of you here at the Springboard Rachel Foundation and wish you the very best in your future endeavors. So for that reason and many others, let's go back to the message I choose to be grateful. I bring you a very special message today entitled, I choose to be grateful. I choose to be grateful. Let's say it together. I choose to be grateful. One more time. I choose to be grateful. Turn to the person next to you. Tell the person, thank you. Tell the person, thank you again. So it's the 31st day of the 12th month of the year. And on the last day of the year, I want to dedicate it to thankfulness or gratitude. I choose to be grateful. That should be our commitment, every single one of us, as we look at our lives today and consider how far the Lord has brought us, what he has delivered us from, and what he continues to do. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 says, In everything... Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The will of God is God's express desire, God's express commandment. And the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. When you get promotion, give thanks. When you narrowly miss out on an appointment, give thanks. In sickness, give thanks. In health, give thanks. In times of celebration, give thanks. In moments of affliction, give thanks. When you wake up, turn to somebody, tell them, give thanks. In the classic hymn, Through All the Changing Scenes of Life, the hymn writer reserves a special line that I like very much. He says, in trouble and in joy, the praises of my God shall still my heart and tongue employ. 
the hymn writer says, in trouble and in joy, it doesn't change. My heart and my tongue are fully employed and their job description does not change whether things are good or things are bad. Their full-time job is to give praises and thanks to God. Employers will tell you that, listen, whether you are in a good mood or you are in a bad mood, whether you are broke or it is good, no, it does not matter. Still come and do the job. You are telling your heart and your tongue that as for this job I've given you, it is not dependent on whether you have trouble or you have joy. It's a full-time job. That's why I love that hymn. Through all the changing scenes of life, it talks about continuity in giving thanks. What is gratitude? Gratitude is simply acknowledgement. To acknowledge somebody as being something in your life. Gratitude is to acknowledge. It is recognition. You are this to me. Recognition. It is credit to say this happened because of you, and I'm thankful. It is regard. Regard simply means esteem, respect, acknowledgement, recognition, credit, regard. Any of these represents gratitude. The question is, to who? Who do we give thanks to? When do we give thanks and for what? Ephesians 5 verse 20 answers the question of who, when, and what. It says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So who do we thank? And it says unto God. Or God. When do we give thanks? It says always. And for what do we give thanks? For all things. This is the same thing that the classic hymn writer was writing about when he said, in trouble and in joy. It is the same thing that the scripture we read from Thessalonians was saying. In everything, give thanks. So when we summarize Ephesians 5.20, we simply say, I give thanks always for all things to God. In the coming year, your mantra should be that I give thanks always for all things to God. Let's say it together. I give thanks always for all things to God. One more time. I give thanks always for all things to God. Now, turn to your neighbor, tell the person, you and I. Now, instead of I, say, we give thanks. We give thanks always for all things to God. One more time. We give thanks always for all things to God. That foundation is important because there will be times when the thanksgiving is automatic. You just, you just can't help it. That's the easier part. But there will be times too when you don't feel like it, but because you are employed full-time to give thanks. Remember, we give thanks always for all things. When we say all things, what do we mean? We mean life. We mean health. We mean peace of mind. We mean our families. We mean our friends. The work that we do. The prosperity that we have. For God's provision in our time of difficulty, for his protection, for his power, his presence. How many of you have any of the things I mentioned? Any of them? Life, health, peace, joy. There you go. 
So there is something to give thanks for. There is no one who has nothing to give thanks for. So our first thanks goes to God. The second category of people who must thank are the people God uses to answer our prayers. Now, when you say, God, help me, very often God sends an angel to go and touch somebody. And then somebody came and said, can you imagine I was sitting by somewhere and I did not even apply. And I got a call and they said, I've given you this job. And you say, wow, wow, God is wonderful. But God touched somebody, woke them up at night and put a picture of your face in their mind and the person connected and the person called you. That person to say thank you to them. Because the person could have refused to obey God. What can you do? When you say thank you to a human being, what you are saying is, I thank God that God spoke to you and I thank you for listening. Whenever you say thank you to a human being, you are thanking the God who spoke to them first to be a help to you. It is important. Don't break the triangle. Always thank God and then thank the people that God used to bless you. Consciously, deliberately say thank you. Small things, big things, say thank you. How many of us, as the year draws to a close, have said thank you to that person who opened a significant door for you this year? How many have said thank you to the person who spoke a word of encouragement in your darkest moments? How many have said thank you to the person who extended a hand when everyone deserted you and you heard all kinds of rumors about yourself? How many have said thank you to the one who introduced you to the king or mentioned it to somebody in a place of power that you could not go to yourself? How many have said thank you to the person who said a prayer for you? They may not have had money to give you, but you know they prayed for you. How many have said thank you to the person who cleaned your house for you? or watched over your house at night so you could sleep. The person who cooked for you. The nanny who watches over your children faithfully and gives them their medication and their food on time. Have you said thank you to them? Oh, it's their paid job. But listen, I've seen some who have had very bitter, painful experiences with a wicked one. If the one you got was good, have you said thank you to her or him? What about the shoulder you cried on in your darkest moments? The one who believed when the whole world gave up on you. Have you said thank you? You say, oh, but you know what? I may not say it, but the person genuinely knows that I'm grateful. There are two levels of gratitude. And these two are captured in the definitions I will put up for your benefit. The first one says, gratitude is the feeling or quality of being thankful. Somebody say feeling. Many of us genuinely pass this test. The feeling of gratitude. You feel thankful. You say, hey, that's what this person is. If the person that didn't come out have suffered, you feel grateful. But level two is the readiness to express appreciation. Somebody say expression. One is feeling, the other one is expression. Let's all say feeling. Let's see expression. Feeling is level one. Feeling and expression is level two and three and four and five. The biggest challenge of many of us is that we feel without expressing. The people who help us are expected to know that we are thankful. Maybe they need a gift of clairvoyance to be able to read and know that yeah, you are grateful. Otherwise, imagine somebody that you have helped who feels thankful and they see you every time and never see it. You are like, ah, are you sure? 
40 years ago, a music group called Cool and the Gang. I wonder how they got the name. Cool and the Gang. Very powerful name. They wrote a song that says, if you say you love somebody, you've got to let them know about it. I know you say it's a secular song, but I am asking you, young man, if you say you love the woman, you've got to let her know about it. Women are lie. True or false? True. You are around the person. The heart is making black black, but if you say you love somebody, you've got to let them know about it. If you say you love God, if you say you are thankful to God, you've got to let him know about it. Simple. Tell somebody simple. In the same way, the person God used to help you, if you say you are grateful, you've got to let them know about it. Tell somebody, say it. Expression takes gratitude a step higher. It backs the feeling with action. You know, gratitude may sound like a matter of course, but I personally believe that the same experience can have one person thankful and one person ungrateful. And that is why we are saying we choose to be grateful. And I will show you from the scripture that gratitude is not based on your experience. In trouble and in joy. It's not based on your experience. Because there is somebody who is in trouble, who is grateful, and there is somebody who is in joy, who is ungrateful. But use the same variables. People with the same experience, the same miracle, and two different reactions. Luke 17, 11 to 19. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned. Somebody say returned. And with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, When there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not found any who returned to give God the glory except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. May the Lord bless his word. Amen. This is a biblical account of the feeling backed by the expression of gratitude. And to get a full sense of the appreciation of the one man and the ingratitude of the missing nine, let me give you context about leprosy in the time of Jesus. It was the worst disease in their dispensation. Leprosy attacks the body, leaving sores, missing fingers, missing toes, damaged limbs, facial features that are lost, and societal rejection. Typically, 2,000 years ago, it was an incurable disease, unlike now that medical science has made so much progress. And when I mention leprosy, as a mark of my respect, I want to pause for a minute and celebrate the life and work of Father Andrew Campbell, who has given his whole life to improve the quality of life of lepers. Everyone is running away from them and this man has devoted his entire life. Put your hands together for him. Celebrate him. Let's say thank you to him. In the days of Christ, because of fear of it being communicated by close contact, lepers were kept in colonies outside the city. 
whenever they came around in those rare moments, they must stand afar off as they did in Christ's encounter and say unclean so that the good people who are okay will not come near them. Unclean. Economically, they had nothing. So when you eat and you are full, then you throw the balance over the wall to them that they can eat. That was the life of the lepers. So 10 disenfranchised, unwanted, unwelcome men stood afar off as was required and shouted, Jesus, have mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is when there is a judgment that you deserve. But somebody decides, let me show you compassion. Let me show you favor. And let me help you. He said, Jesus, help us. Show us favor. And then Christ said, go and show yourselves to the priests. At that time, they were still lepers. But the word had gone forth. So the men set off to go. And as they were going to show themselves to the priests, suddenly they stopped and said, hey, Charlie, check. It's gone. They started shouting and they were running. All ten, maybe, let me let my fertile imagination run wild. All ten started jumping and running. Then one person and said, hold on. How did I become well? How am I also somebody today? Before the celebration, let there be appreciation. So he returned. The word is returned. The word is returned. And out of the encounter with Christ when the man returned, four things stand out. Number one, genuine gratitude is a choice. It's a choice. You don't thank somebody because it's automatic. You thank them because you choose to. Genuine gratitude is a choice. Nine gave themselves a good reason to continue celebrating. One returned by choice. That is why we say, I choose to be grateful. In the coming year, when God does something for you, you thank him first. Then you go around dancing and celebrating. Thank him. Appreciation before celebration. Let's say it together. Number two, genuine gratitude is audible. Audible means you can hear it. Let me challenge all those who say, I, I, I'm a quiet person, so I thank you, but it is in my heart. It's like saying, I propose to you in my heart. Shall I say it? If you genuinely thank God, say it. If you genuinely thank auntie, say it. Gratitude is audible because the Bible says, when the man saw Jesus, he shouted with a loud voice. The Bible is not redundant when it comes to words. So no words are useless. He didn't say he whispered. You know, Lord, I may not have told you before, but this is a very important change in my life as a result of your obedience to God's voice. And I want to tell you that as a result of what you have done, my life has changed forever. That's a, a, a whisper. It wasn't like that. He said, Jesus, guess what? I'm fine. Charlie, when somebody is in a good place, and they are jumping and shouting and dancing and you don't understand. You just leave them. Don't worry. Nothing will spoil. Just leave them. That one person says, listen, I don't know about you and I don't care how you feel. That blind man says, listen, all the philosophy, all the things you are saying, eh, I don't know. All I know is that once I was blind and now I see. In that mood, eh, don't try logic on me. You are wasting your time. With a loud voice, one day, Amsterdam Schiphol Airport. I will never forget. It was the year of the Germany World Cup. I think 2006. I was on my way to um, Dusseldorf. Amsterdam Schiphol Airport. A young man saw me and came running. Hey, Mr. Ocran. I read your book. He changed my life. I said, cool down. He said, no, 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 no. At that point, you are trying to tell him there are people here. I'm in transit. It's a public place. He said, listen, he does not care. 
with a loud voice, Jesus, you can't, you don't know what happened. Listen, no, 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 no. Charlie, gratitude is audible. How can you say I am thanking you with your lips sealed? I will worship you forever. Love you forever. Because this God, this God, tell it to me, too good. You know, when you sing a song like this, it is not just words. I will worship you forever. the song, you were not there, but you look through your experience and you say, this song fits. Come and see what the Lord has done. When he saw him, he ran and fell down flat on his face at Jesus' feet. Again, the Bible could have said he knelt down, he bowed down. He says he fell flat on his face at his feet. Why am I interested? Because if you were standing even a kilometer away, you say this man, he's thanking Jesus. Gratitude is visible. It is visible. You can't say that you have helped me, but I'll see you and I'll squeeze my face. And even though I've squeezed my face, you must, God looks at the heart. Oh yeah, God looks at the heart. But I can tell you something. This man, when he saw Christ, was not thinking about the heart. He fell flat on his face at his feet. I'm forever grateful to you. I'm forever grateful for the cross. I'm forever grateful to you that you came to save and save are not enough when it comes to possibility. You say, I am saying the thing, but I don't think you will hear it well when I say it. So the woman says, listen, I can thank you more, but it won't be enough. Visibility sometimes transitions from words to deeds. You say, for what he has done for me, I can't use my mouth, peh. Let me use Ghanaian, peh, to say thank you. Bible says she went looking for him. When she found him, she washed his feet with her tears, wiped them with her beautiful hair. I don't know whether it was Brazilian, Portuguese, or Jewish hair, but she wiped it, then pulled out the perfume and sprayed it. Oh my goodness. Sometimes you want to see it in a way that you yourself will feel it because no. Words are not enough. The song says, Words are not enough to say thank you, Lord, Lord. You are my everything. You know, words are not enough. Expectation. 
This was one of the first times I saw Jesus disappointed. He was very disappointed. Even though he enjoyed the one man's thanks, he was like, ah, tell me, is, am I hallucinating? I thought there were 10. And you know what? I am very sure that Jesus was waiting at the same place where he pronounced the word over their lives. Because he found him there. <laughs> he was waiting. Is there somebody here that this year God did something for you and God was waiting at the same place where he blessed you? Assuming that you will return and you went off on your merry way. Charlie, may God forgive us. I said, may God forgive us. So one man came and said, thank you. Then Jesus said, ah, where are the nine? Which means he was expecting the appreciation. When we thank God, we fulfill a divine expectation. Is it possible that God has done so many things for so many people in church today, listening today online across the world, and only a handful bother to come back to say thank you? As we cross over tonight, how many will come with gratitude in your heart to come and say thank you to God? And not just think of your next prayer request. I choose to be grateful. What happens when you are grateful? Number one, we recognize God as our source. God is the source of every blessing. James 1.17 captures this beautifully. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. For somebody today, the brightest moment of this year is that accident that you were delivered from. And yet, every time you narrate the story, you say, somehow, out of the corner of my eye, I saw the red car coming, and then I turned the steering, and my reflexes, I could not believe it. End of story. Charlie, there are people with better reflexes than you. Better power steering than you. They met a similar situation, and they died. And you are alive and you don't even recognize that the angel of the Lord encamps around the dwelling of the righteous. At that moment, you froze and your car turned and you somehow survived. We are talking about reflexes. Thank God for your reflexes. But thank God even more for the angel of the Lord. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall trust. A thousand shall fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand but it shall not come near you. How shall we not end a year like that and not lift up our voices and say thank you. And say thank you. See what the Lord has can you see what? Yes. What we waited for has come to pass. Come on, come on. See what the Lord has Can you 
a negative spirit. Have you got a friend who is always complaining? Huh? Even when they are far more blessed than you, they are still complaining. Every time you meet them, it's like they've drawn up a catalog. A, A1, A2, A3, and then B. I, 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 I. Problems, complaints, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, sadness. When you are a grateful person, eh, those things, you, you can't, they can't coexist. You will never find a thankful person who is also bitter and envious. Thankful people, it drives away negativity. It quenches a negative spirit. Thankful people may not have everything, but they thank God for the little that they have. And they know that the best is yet to come. They believe it with conviction. And they are smiling. You have more than them, but they are smiling. And you don't understand. Thankful people. I read a story of a pastor who went on a mission several years ago to a leper colony and preached his heart out to the lepers. When he finished, he said, request one song. Somebody should request one song to close the meeting. At that point, one woman who had been standing in the corner with her face to the wall throughout turned to make a request. When the pastor saw her, he said in his head, this is the ugliest person I've seen in my whole life. Her face was contorted with a debilitating consumption of the leprosy. Her lips were gone. Her eyes had sores around them. Her nose was half gone. Her ears had been chomped. Her fingers, digits, had been consumed. And the woman lifts up her hand without fingers complete and says, can we sing, count your blessings? The pastor freezes and then begins to cry. Just imagine, that's weak. And the people are not helping me. And people are not supporting the ministry. And things are not happening. And God has not done this for me. And God has not done that for me. And somebody without fingers, with her eyes sore, her body destroyed, societal rejection says, can we sing, count your blessings? My dear friends, isn't it time to pause from our complaints, count our blessings, name them one by one? Have you ever sat down to count your blessings, name them one by one? When you see what the Lord has
the fourth one, gratitude attracts more blessings. If you get a miracle from God and you like it and you want more, simple. Come back to God and say, thank you. When the man said thank you so extravagantly and so beautifully, so audibly, and so visibly, Jesus gave him a bonus. He said, all ten were healed by you, you in particular. Go. Your faith has made you whole, complete. The next level of healing is reserved for only one out of ten. The one who chose to be grateful. Dr. Mike Medock shared a beautiful illustration about this several years ago, I recall, at Christ Temple when he was preaching for Pastor Tadori. And he said, he has a personal assistant who is an expert at receiving well. He says, receiving itself is an anointing. You must know how to receive. He says, if you make a mistake and give her a gift and she sees you, she says, Dr. Medoc, how did you know this is exactly what I needed? The color, the positioning, the packaging. Oh, it blessed me so much. Thank you. He says, by the time she finishes, you are thinking, what other gifts can I give? <laughs> Instead of thinking of the next prayer topic, shall I come back and say, I love you, Lord. enemies? Where are those problems? When the sound is sweet in God's ears, things happen. God arises and his enemies are scattered. Stop praying about those enemies. Lift up your voice and when God arises automatically, those enemies are scattered. The fifth and final one, genuine gratitude floods your life with the peace of God. Philippians 4, 6, 7 says, 6 and 7 says, be anxious for nothing. The same thing others are worried about. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and by supplication with thanksgiving, let that request be made known to God and arrest your case because the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, first it will keep your heart and then keep your mind through Christ Jesus. In the coming year, what frightens others? May you not frighten you. What others worry about? May you be at peace. When they are shouting all around you, may you turn and smile because you know who's at the steering wheel. You know who is in charge. You have lifted up your thanks to God and therefore you are anxious for nothing. May you see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. As we sign off on this all-important message, I want to ask a rhetorical question. Is the 90% implied statistic real or imagined? Let me break it down. If only one, one out of 10 came to say thank you to Jesus, it implies that only 10% of people are grateful and by inference, 90% of people are potentially ungrateful. True or false? How many think it's true? 
How many think it's false? Okay, the eyes have it. If only 10% of people are genuinely grateful, are you in that 10%? Are you in that 10% that makes it a choice to say thank you? Even when the person is saying, okay, you say, no, I'll still thank you. It's a choice. It is visible. It is audible. It's loud. It fulfills God's mandate. Why are the 90% ungrateful? Let's end with that one. Number one, they have a sense of entitlement. The greatest reason why people are ungrateful is that they have a sense of entitlement. Some people behave as if your act of kindness is your job. You are only paying them for something that is due them. They act like shareholders in your blessing. And they deserve the gift you are giving them as dividend for their shares in your inheritance or your blessing. You are seeing it as kindness to them and they are seeing it as they are just reward. Have you ever done something for somebody? It costs you so much and you later hear the person told somebody is that all you could do. <laughs> and you can get so hurt because after you gave them what you gave them, you yourself, you had nothing left. But you were happy that you gave them. And the person is saying, is that all you could do? The worst part is when they tell you in your face, oh chief, is that all? Sadly, the people who are close to us tend to be the ones who are even more ungrateful. Because the Bible says, the nine who received the blessing and did not say thank you, they were Jews. Same hometown. Same. He's a rabbi. He must heal us. That's his job. The foreigner who had no entitlement came back and said, wow! I never dreamt. Chief, thank you. Sometimes the people who are far off appreciate gifts, blessings, more than the people who are close. The second reason, the ungrateful take the credit. They take the credit for their own successes and achievements. When they are describing their accomplishments, they imply that their wisdom, their hard work, their connections, their old school networks broke through for them. But my dear friends, Evidently, that's not the case because there are people more connected than you. The race is not for the swift. There are people faster than you, stronger than you, more connected than you who did not make it. So if you have made it, please don't trumpet your own strength. Deuteronomy 8.17 gives us a warning about the danger of taking the credit for God's goodness. It says, lest you say, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Lest you say, I was so smart. I couldn't believe myself. Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth just so he can establish his covenant that he swore to your fathers. That is the story of your life. Tell somebody, don't make that mistake. Tell the person, don't make that mistake. The third reason why people are ungrateful is that they simply move on. They move on. There's a famous phrase, you move. God blesses them and then they move. You help them and they move. As they are moving, they don't remember that they have not said thank you, but they are moving. And they move. May we not move without gratitude. I say, may we not move without gratitude. Years ago, my friend told me a story about a young man who knocked on his door and says, do you remember me? You know, sometimes I'm not too sure, but he says, oh, do you remember me? And while he was struggling to recall who the young man was, he says, oh, 
Two years ago, I was in financial crisis and I came and you helped me. Then my friend smiled. Assuming that the guy had returned, as the Bible says, to say thank you. Finally, the guy says, I need help again. I like the fact that many of us are shaking our heads. But it's not the story of our lives. That we come to God, he answers our prayer, and then we move. Then we are in trouble again. We come back and say, I'm back. I need help again. May we be people of relationship instead of people of transaction. Hallelujah. The fourth reason, some people don't like the uncompleted testimony the unfinished work of their lives does not appeal to them. So God has brought you far. But you are still thinking that, you see, that the building has not been roofed. Or it's been roofed, but there are no windows. So yeah. So God has helped you, but if only you could add the windows and the paint, then I can talk about a completed house. Don't let what you are expecting prevent you from saying thank you for what you have already received uncompleted testimony. And the final one to sign off. They don't understand the dealings of God. If you had your own way, by now you should be here. And because you are not there, you are looking at that classmate who is there and saying, so for all that I've done in church, serving God, giving and being faithful, is that all I have to show for my life? But the dealings of God do not follow the dealings of man. His ways are not our ways, neither are his thoughts our thoughts. When you compare yourself to someone, you are saying, look at how far he has reached. We sat in the same class. Now he's Potiphar, captain of the guard. I even went to serve him small and work for him small. Now he's Potiphar. Or these two people that were in prison together, they have been restored. One is chief servant and one died, but yeah, chief servant. And you are in prison and saying, God has disappointed me. The first time I heard those words, I couldn't believe it. Somebody said, God had disappointed him. I said, God, you disappointed. How can those three words work together? God disappointed. Imagine Joseph in prison saying that, hey, is that how God is? And then one morning, you wake up in prison. And by that night, you are prime minister. Then you finally understand that even when you were in prison, God was up to something. My dear friends, in the coming year, may you walk with God step by step. And even when you don't understand what he's doing, trust him enough to know that if he's the one at the wheel, you'll be fine. May you cross over in power and glory. And may next year be the best year of your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. When you want to eat, just momo it. Tired of the long 